0: Welcome to Dr. Zoe Today, where the topics are real, raw, and relevant about business, entertainment, and relationships. Warning do not listen to this show if you are sensitive to controversial issues or easily offended. Dr. Zoe and her guests are not to be held liable for any shock, pissing of the pants, sudden desire of change, or uncontrollable laughter. Now, here's your host, Dr. Zoe! And welcome back to the show. My guest tonight is from Bravo's Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles. We are going to discuss some of my favorite topics like relationship goals, luxury real estate, and a compelling backstory. This sexy, savvy, multifaceted <laughs> individual who also happens to be part of one of the most adorable couples on television is Bobby Boyd. Welcome to the show, Bobby. How are you?
1: Well, I'm doing great after that introduction. Thank you, Dr. <laughs> Zoe. <laughs> You're
0: welcome. You're welcome. Let's go ahead and give out um, your Instagram. Give out your Instagram so while everybody's listening, they can look you up.
1: Fantastic. So my Instagram, you can search it by my name, Bobby Boyd, and the handle is L A.
0: so B-B-O-Y-D-L-A. All right, awesome, and then, for all of those who don't know, tell my listeners who you're married to <laughs> <laughs> i'm
1: I'm married to the ultra you know real estate guru fashion mogul Josh Flagg. I'm just trying to like really build him up, but no, he is. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Josh is named, and of course you can catch Josh and Bobby both on million dollar listing Los Angeles on Bravo and Josh is named one of America's top sought after luxury real estate agents. He sold over 2 billion with a B in real estate in the past 10 years. Um, he's been recognized by Forbes, and Bobby is also an agent alongside his husband. So, also, while I'm interviewing Bobby, I want all of my listeners to go right now to Josh Flagg, and that's Flag with two Gs, JoshFlag.com, and check out their listings, because I know that, you know, most of my connections are really love luxury real estate like I do, All right, Bobby, what I wanna do tonight is get a little into your backstory because what's interesting is we have all kinds of celebrities of every level on the show and you're kind of new on the scene in Hollywood and you're actually not someone that my producer suggested, you know, it's so you were someone that I suggested because I just love your yes, love your energy. And I could just, you have such a good vibe. Not only are you absolutely gorgeous, and I'm sure, you know, he's taken taken, guys, but, you know, I'm sure you have lots of admirers. But what I want to talk about a little bit is, like, where did you grow up? Where were you born? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, we have to start something off first. If you keep giving me compliments, I'm not going to be able to like, you know ever go back to work. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> I'm like,
1: I don't get these kind of compliments in my life. So thank you. Um, You're welcome. But, but to the question, I grew up in a beautiful small town south of San Francisco um, called Pacifica, not Pacifico like the beer. Um but yeah Pacifica it's 20 minutes south of uh, San Francisco it's uh, an amazing little beach town and I was very very blessed to grow up in that town that's for sure. Okay.
0: And what did your mom and dad do for a living while you were growing up?
1: My dad was a hard worker, blue collar, you know, he was a truck driver. Um you know the the whole story of what everyone's heard I guess before not of me but just of middle America although I didn't grow up in middle America. Uh, yeah. You know, six days a week, just hard worker, and my, you know, their deal when we were born, uh, my siblings and I, was that my mom was going to be a homemaker. So she stayed at home and made the best out of that, and she did a great job.
0: How, many, how many siblings? How many brothers and sisters? Uh,
1: two older brothers. I'm the baby of the family.
0: Aww. And, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so, how, what were you like as a kid? Like, how would somebody describe you as a kid?
1: Oh, man, probably shy, but different. I mean, I was definitely different growing up. And, you know, I don't know how deep you get on this show. Uh, but, it, you know, my brothers were Still very much. the
0: tea. Fill <laughs> the tea. And I, the reason um, I'm so intrigued is because you and I spoke, I don't know if it was a week or two weeks ago. I'm so busy, I can't keep track. And I talk to a, mi- <laughs> a million fucking people every day. You're the BB. You're the boss. Oh, my goodness, honey. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) but, yeah, things are – I'm extremely grateful, very, very grateful. But um, when we spoke, I was, like, even more intrigued to find out more about your story because I think it's really encouraging, and this show is all about you just stepping on it and making it your platform to just speak your mind openly. I have no agenda whatsoever except just to give you this opportunity to share your story. And I think your story is really inspirational because it will give a lot of hope to kids that maybe aren't in great situations that they can become a success in every sense of the word as well. Does that make sense to you? Does that sound good Okay. No, yes, ab- absolutely. So I want you to get as open and honest as you're willing to get um here today um about like some of the challenges that you face and how you overcame those adversities and things like that. So so get into the nitty-gritty. What was it like growing up? What, you know, <laughs> what's your story, Bobby?
1: Okay, well, yeah. So I was like, you know, hopefully your your listeners are up for it. Um, You know, as I said to you, it was a couple of weeks ago when I was actually visiting my beautiful godchildren in Austin. Uh-huh.
0: Um,
1: you know, it's, it's somebody I was telling you the mis- misconceptions of myself. And that's just even before I got on a TV show with my husband. That's be- before I came to LA. It was just The misconception was I came from some affluent family and, you know, everything was handed to me and I had this charmed life. And it's funny because it couldn't be more polar opposite than that. It just, it really couldn't. Um, And so, you know, thank you for the opportunity of having me on and hopefully, if there's just one person listening, that's just like, can I ever make it? Can I ever do something? Are you
0: kidding me? I was, so my grandparents were wealthy, well off. Wealthy to me means like old money wealth, you know, wealthy is, uh, is different than rich to me. Right. Right. So my grandparents, I'm only second generation here. My grandfather was the epitome of the American dream. Very, very successful different, tons of different businesses. But my mom was widowed when I was eight years old. My father was a Rolling Stone. He was a rock star and he died in a drunk driving car accident. And and my mom turned to the church and um, she became very like moved us away from the family and lived very meager and became this like kind of like this martyr And so I grew up embarrassed of the cars that we were driving in, embarrassed of where we lived, embarrassed about our social status. And I just Mm -hmm. wanted to run away to my grandparents where there was an Olympic side swimming pool and all this (laughs) gaudy new money. (laughs) I was like, you know, I want to be over here. So if I had the best of both worlds, I learned a lot through that, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle to overcome that and now as a parent like I have devoted my life to be in an excellent financial position to give my children everything (laughs) Everything. absolutely and to never depend
1: on somebody else
0: yes of course and so and so I know my story has I've utilized my life story to encourage people that if I could do it you know they can do it so it's not going to be just one person you mentioned to me that, you know, it was very volatile, that you have had guns pulled on you. Tell, yeah. me about, tell me about that. What is that? What, was it an abusive parental figure? Was it just the, the atmosphere? Where does that come in?
1: That came in, as, uh, you know, it's very strange how life works. I'm, I just started talking about this with my therapist. Um, where that in my time point in, in life, I was uh, probably in fourth grade when that happened, and that was the first time my parents split.
0: Okay. And,
1: you know, obviously there was a lot of stuff before that, but at that time my parents had split. My mom went in a different direction. I was a, a mommy's boy, as my brothers would always tease me. You know, I loved my dad, but I was too young to appreciate who he was at the time because he was very right. hard and cold, you know, never told me he loved me my mom was very nurturing so I went with her but you know the direction she was going Mm -hmm. now being an adult now being almost the age that she was it's freaking me Mm. out uh when she kind of took me away she got into a lifestyle of um partying and drugs and doing them and selling them and Mm -hmm. just a life I was I was living the leave it to beaver as far as being sheltered before before
0: that okay yeah so before that when before they split can I ask like what was the demise of their marriage was it just that they were arguing all the time and she took all, and she took you and left or was there abuse was there alcohol involved anything like that like my father was definitely an alcoholic I have vivid memories of sitting on the steps being scared to death that he was going to kill my mom like because yeah. it was so it was so violent yeah. Is that similar to, like, how your situation was?
1: Um, At times, but uh, maybe I shouldn't speak to it, like, to that degree. It was, okay. when I say leave it to Beaver, I mean, uh, it was, you know, my my parents had, you know, obviously before they had us, they had their own history and they had their own, you know, 20s, early 20s right. and teens. And at that time, like, you know, my dad was, like, in a rock band. My mom was a social butterfly. She was beautiful, looked like Sarah Fawcett. And, you know, they were in that party scene and, and mm-hmm. and. I was going to say in a healthy way, but I don't know if you can really say it's healthy. But, you know, I guess that's what they were, the kids were doing in the 70s. What can I say? Yeah,
0: yeah. My parents were both hippies like crazy. Yeah. I yeah. would say I might have been conceived on the acid trip. I have no idea. But it, whatever it was, it worked. And I'm yeah. thankful that I came into this time, space, and reality. So you're in fourth grade. Your parents split how did this incident happen where you had a gun pulled on you? Was it something to do with her selling drugs and someone? Well, you know,
1: probably I never really found out the reason why. I mean, I can tell you like what had happened. So, you know, obviously that's the road she was going. And I think that was years of uh, frustration, years of her just, she wanted to be a rebel for whatever reason. And when this happened, I do remember it was a Sunday morning because we would do the same things. We'd make French toast and bacon and then we would jump in bed and watch a Lifetime movie. And mm-hmm. you know, I love those moments with my mom. And I will never forget the pounding on the door in the uh, in the apartment, and my mom freaking out, and the, these people screaming. They bust through the door, and my all I can remember is my mom screaming, "Don't hurt my son! Don't hurt my son! Don't do anything to me in front of my son!" And I'm shaking uncontrollably, like shaking. And you're
0: about fourth grade, so you're about nine, right? Nine or ten? Yeah. I was yeah. probably nine. Yeah.
1: I only, get because yeah, okay. I, I kind of remember after, like where I went. And these guys were just vicious looking. And they pulled out a gun on my mom, which at the time was so scary, but I just, you know, she was always so strong. So I wasn't so afraid for her at the time. I was just like, oh my God, what is going to happen? Right. And then, you know, as I, you know, I guess the point of the story is you know, when that happened, she was able to defuse the situation. Um, which is, I mean, I shouldn't. It's, it sounds so weird when I say why I admire her. She just was able to handle a lot of situations. Yeah, she finesse the
0: situation and got herself and kept you guys alive, obviously. So what? So that's a traumatic with the experience, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you know, there's a difference between dramatic, like you know, like I'm a little extra. Your husband's a little extra. That's dramatic. But oh, she's well, very extra. But, but, <laughs> Everybody says that to me, too, but, you know, and I I know we've discussed that as well, and we'll get into that, but when there's trauma with a T, what else happened as a kid moving forward? Like, what were some of the other adversities that you had to overcome? Because I imagine if that happened, then there was kind of, you know, more to come for you as a child. What else did you have to overcome?
1: Um, for sure. I mean, for the next few years after that, my, uh, my dad found out what had happened, cause my mom had told him. And you know, we had moved into my grandparents house, which there was a lot of violence in that house, not of my grandmother, but it was just, you know, the backstory of that is just when my grandfather passed away, everything went to shit. So it, everybody started acting like a fool. And I don't know mm-hmm. how that happened. But we moved in with her. And with that came then I really saw a lot of stuff. My mom and her siblings, I don't know what happened to them. They literally have the best upbringing. They had the best father, the best mother. And they that's where a ton of drugs were around and a ton of violence, a ton of... I saw my, my cousin come into the house. He got stabbed like 13 times. Oh, my uh, gosh. I mean, the house is being broken. So
0: how? Do you, so you're dealing with all this stuff at home, and then you're going to school... And, you know, and, you know, of course, like kids that are in situations like this, they don't really talk about it at school. So, we you kind of withdrawn, like not telling the teachers, not telling anybody what was happening at home?
1: Oh, um, yeah. I'm, don't talk about anything. So, I'd go to school and keep in mind I'm going to school. I tested into a very nice, uh, like a charter school, where basically rich kids went. And so I didn't fit in there because, like to your point of like being embarrassed of, of the cars, you know, I can respect yeah. my my yeah. parents now because I know what they sacrificed. But at the time, when you're kid, you don't know. Everyone yeah. else's parents are pulling up in BMWs and Mercedes, and we're pulling up in like a 1972. Central. No disrespect, but at the time I didn't have life experience no to realize <laughs> okay.
0: No disrespect yeah, to anybody. I know, might but be I just them. love luxury vehicles now. It's like it's an obsession and I'm like, no disrespect. No, it's yeah. disrespect. No, I'm just kidding. For me, I'd be like, oh, you could have done better. But I mean, that's how I feel about my situation. But well, yeah. here's but here's the thing. So so in moving forward, Let's talk about a little bit, like, so let's skip up to, like, high school. So what does high school look for you, like the four years of high school? What's going on with the family life and with you personally?
1: Family life is still a little cray-cray. I mean, dad is doing great. Dad, You know, my dad was always pretty stable in his um, position in my life. Uh, Mom definitely had a lot of issues, a lot of health issues, still doing kind of like the stuff on the side. Uh, high school was it was okay, you know. I, again, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I have my filter on because I'm I'm immersed in hearing all of these tragedies of what's going on in high schools now. But at the right. time, it felt pretty bad. I mean, it felt I was still felt like the poorest kid in school. I was getting I, at the time, and now people are gonna be like, oh, poor kid. But I really needed to make money, and the way I try to make money is, yes, I bust tables, but I was also lucky enough to get um, a modeling contract, and I had a great agent at the time, so I was modeling. But then when that got out, when somebody brought it into class, I remember, never forget, it was English class, and I was like, oh, is this you? And I was thinking, oh, this was, like, one of the football players. I was thinking, oh, maybe, like, I'll get some, you know, street cred now, and it was like, oh, that's what gay people do, and then that was okay.
0: That so let's, kind of pause, let's pause for a second. <clears throat> so, obviously, you're married to a wonderful, loving, caring. You guys are a beautiful gay couple, man. Thank and you. you guys are a beautiful gay couple. Um, Phenomenal. Like, really phenomenal. And if you guys, you. everyone listening, if you have not checked out Josh Flagg, and, of course, I want you to go to the website. It's com. And you haven't checked out him and Bobby on Million Dollar Listing, Los Angeles. You need to do so. So with that being said, when did you realize, did you always know you were gay? When did you come out of the closet? How was that process for you?
1: No, I did not know I was gay in high school, really. Um, I got my, you know, I had some experiences with like women early, early on, but uh, I felt my first real love um, was, her name's Rachel. Rachel. And she was actually the best woman in my wedding. If that, if that says Aww, anything, that's yeah,
0: awesome. yeah.
1: Uh, to the point that's that now so she's cool. getting, and now she's getting married. And so I'm going to try to keep on focus because my, now my emotions, I, anytime I talk about her, I get emotional, but so yeah, I met her, I met her actually in seventh grade and she broke up with me with a little note with a puppy dog on it and said, I don't want to be your girlfriend anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But moving forward, When did you come out of the closet? How was that for you, that experience? When did that happen? I didn't really come
1: out until, I think, I mean, the real, I mean, I think the real age was 21. Um, Rachel and I stayed together through college, like, so for four, almost five years. I moved to L.A. finally. We had already broken up about six months before I moved to L.A., and so I was kind of just out without having to be out, because I was like, well, now I'm going to, I'm going to explore i'm going to see like what happens right and, and kinda... okay
0: so in high school you get the modeling contract you do some modeling the football player is like hey is this you you thought you were going to get some street cred he's like yeah oh, that's like gay people do and then yep. how does your career progress to where you did move to la what happened
1: well you you know what what did they say i might get this wrong like you you uh you move in silence and then everything else is like after that yeah. That's what I did. I mean, I, I, I was never like the Channing Tatum. Nobody, I wasn't sought after, but I pounded the pavement. And yeah, I did. I shot everything I could possibly shoot. Mervyn's, Macy's, Nordstrom's, everything. I saved my money. Um, I had a great agent that supported me and so I saved all of it. I also worked at a restaurant that was locally at the time. I was a lifeguard. I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. I mean, I had like four jobs. I wasn't right. Well,
0: as like a lot of people do when they first move to Hollywood, right? That was
1: before LA. That was before
0: LA. Oh, this is is before LA. Okay. And then how did you make that transition? What moved you to LA? Because I'm imagining that's like how you, cause I want to get to the point where you met Josh and stuff like that. So. Yeah.
1: So that, so then I, what got me to that point was I just started booking a lot more work in LA and I had an agent down here. And so okay. I was like, okay, I'm just going to move there. And that's what I did. I packed up my, my cat
0: <laughs> and, and then I
1: <laughs> got in my orange Pontiac Grand Prix. And my dad woke <laughs> up at five o'clock in the morning where he had a gift for me, which was my favorite coffee pot. Cause I loved coffee, like in college.
0: Aww, yeah. And that was
1: the first, and that was the first time that my dad told me he loved me.
0: Oh wow, that's yeah, deep. yeah. That's it, it, deep. Uh, I trying yeah. to give you
1: something, give you something deep, but it, okay. that was it. It,
0: it connected us. Yeah, I, that's um, that's drove. that's interesting. Well, why? What? How, like before that, the relationship with him. Did he know that you were gay? Did your dad know before he gave you the coffee pot and said, "I love you, son. You're leaving to LA. I love you." That he said.
1: He said, no, I mean, both my parents um, have passed since, but no, he said at the time, I, I've always asked him since I came out. He said he didn't really know until after a couple of years of me being in LA. And it's so strange what his reason is. He said, you're always in Las Vegas, like partying, but you were never with women. I was like, well, I guess that's a sign. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. So you moved to LA and once you get to LA, what does life look like for you then?
1: Yeah, Memorial Day weekend, 2005, and it looks a little bleak. But I was very excited. I I moved south of Pico. I did not realize where my apartment was. It's where the Rodney King um, riots were. Just FYI. So I was the only Caucasian person in the neighborhood, and you know, it was it was a, it was it changed me. It made me into a man. Let's just put it that way, because I came from. Again, small-town Pacifica into, like, this neighborhood, and I made the best of it, and I just thought, okay, you know, I mean, shit or get off the pot or whatever you want to call it, but now I have to make something of myself. I have a little money that I've saved, but I broke up with my girlfriend. Like, I need to make stuff happen, and I just hit the ground running. That's, I mean, I took every job I possibly could. Where do
0: you feel like that? Because in order to get to the place from that place to where you're at right now today— it took a lot of tenacity, right? Overcoming yeah. adversity and tenacity. Where do you feel like that tenacity came from? Is it something that you just feel like you had in your gut instincts, that you just had this drive within you? Or do you feel like it was because of the fact that you were like, shit or get off the pot? I, what was the drive? What, was the, what brought the drive for you?
1: I mean, I always said this back in the day, my dad used to laugh at me, but it was really, I always wanted to take care of my parents. I think at a young age, I was very much aware of the fact of how much they sacrificed and the fact that they were so, un, I mean, they were happy to take care of us, but I can tell they weren't living their best life. Right. And I just wanted desperately to um, to give them their best life. And I was lucky enough to do that for like the last five years of their life. So like really take care of them and spoil them. But that was it. I my mean, my drive was my parents don't really have anything to fall back on. I love my family, and I want to yeah. make sure that they have this best life. And I'm like, I'm going to make this shit happen because nobody in my family at the time went to college. Nobody made money. Nobody bought a home. So I was like, it's me. I'm the one that's going to do it. And I think yeah. you know, there was there was some of seeing all the stuff that I saw growing up being like, that's not going to be me. It's why I've never tried a drug. It's why I don't smoke cigarettes. Nice. Um and I just did it. But, you know, my parents, they were, they were very strong individuals. For all of their flaws, um, they always kept a roof over our head. And that, and, was,
0: and that was your motivation to give them a better life. And I think that that is amazing. That is really amazing. My kids, I was a teenage mom. My kids were my motivation the last 20 years. I accredit them for, you know, my tenacity and my success. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. How do you get to meet
1: Josh?
0: What? How did you guys meet?
1: Oh, so I'm like, do you want the first story or the second story? I mean, there's. Give
0: me, give me the first one. If that came first, I want the first one. So first encounter. (laughs) Don't tell me it was like. Was it a friend that like put you on a blind date, or was it like that ex-boyfriend situation? What happened?
1: Well, there was one we were very young, and I met him with his ex. I don't know if you want to hear that.
0: No, tell me. Yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah, so we're young.
1: I mean, I was uh, I was, it doesn't really matter. I think we were both like 22, like all of us, and um, I was at the Abbey, which is a famous bar in West Hollywood with my friends, and he was there with his friends, I think, and with his uh, boyfriend at the time, and he started flirting with me, and I'm like, don't you have a boyfriend? And he was like, yeah, but, you know, in the gay world, See, now I'm going to get offensive, but there's some gay relationships where Speak that are okay. Speak your
0: mind. Speak your <laughs> mind. I don't yeah. want all the hate
1: mail tomorrow. They're like, you can't Oh my care for gosh, me.
0: who cares? Honey, listen, if you're doing anything, anywhere, you're going to get hate mail. Who gives a yeah. shit? You I do get, I get it say, all the time. <laughs> people either love me or love to hate me, and I consider it all love, darling. All oh, love. They love me or they love to hate me. And you just, you can't even, there's so many trolls online. You can't. Yes. You can't. So control. many. You have so many. And all of you trolls listening, what the fuck are you doing with your time? Really? I, always res-
1: I, I respond to the trolls when I've had a few glasses of wine. So I'm like, you don't fucking know me. What are you talking about? Google me. Yeah,
0: don't. I know. I always say, Google me. But listen, don't, don't, don't respond. Never give time to a critic or a fool. That's the best yeah. advice. Never give time to a critic or a fool because they're beneath you and they're not, it's not worth it. But yeah, so watch it when you have the wine. Tell Josh to take your phone away. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> i like, take my phone, baby. Um, all right. So. All right, first story. He's with his he's with a boyfriend. You guys are at the Abbey. He's flirting with you. You're like, don't you have a boyfriend? And he's like, I don't really care. I'm not really into him that much anymore. But he doesn't talk like that at all. He's like no. very... He's he, talk, he talks soul. like an 80-year-old. <laughs> I don't care. I What does that matter?
1: <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah.
0: So he's such an old soul. I love him. He is a character... He reminds me of my youngest son so much. My youngest son is, like, listens to the Beatles, have, like, very nostalgic, you know, just oh, loves, like, yeah. And, um and like, Josh is, like, this old soul. And I think we'll talk about this in a minute, but I think it has a lot to do with the connection he had with his grandmother as well. And Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so. You're at the Abbey, blah blah blah, what happened? Do you guys look up this time? First time? No, definitely okay. not
1: because you know, I was okay. very green then, so my answer I mean and what he said was, No, yeah, you'll come back to our house with us and I was like, No, I don't play that game. So that was kind of it. Ooh. I put the kabosh on it. And and then, then I just saw him out years and years, like the kibosh for, for... guys. Not
0: the kabosh the kibosh. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go
1: ahead. Yeah, and then and then I just kind of but I thought like First of all, he was wearing like silk pajamas at the Abbey, so that was already something. And I was like, "This guy is a character. <laughs> I, love like, he,
0: I love it. I love it. He is
1: hilarious." What is this twenty? Because I'm older than him, so whatever. And he was like 21. I'm like, "What the fuck is he doing wearing this at the Abbey?" But I was intrigued because I thought, "What a character." And then, he, I what did, are
0: those slippers that he wears? So they're not Louis Vuitton. What are they? They're, they're from They're from Stubbs, which we love. Stubbs. Uh, so they're shoes all the Love. Time. Yeah, I love that style. That's great. So he's at the Abbey, and he's wearing pajamas because he can. And because he can. you say And you say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And then you don't see him for years, and then how do you guys see each other again? What happened the second time?
1: I guess the short story is um, I started selling – oh, I started. I listed a house in Malibu, and he was spending the summer there um and so he started messaging me about the house and it's like hey you should come to my beach house you should do this and you know listen i'm i'm i've been around the block so i kind of like know when someone's bullshitting me and i was like you don't have a beach house like why are you trying to impress me you don't need to i was like and you have a boyfriend and that's kind of like where it reconnected it was wait like, i have house. a
0: question is the boyfriend the guy that was on the show previously is yeah. it that guy oh I yeah. was like, what is that all about? I never thought that. And I think everybody <laughs> has forgotten about that guy. Sorry, guy, whoever you are, but – there's well, some for people you, still but... some people
1: still bring him up. I, listen, I think what that happens I think they were first loves and they were best friends and then they did what you know. A lot of okay, well,
0: let's just say he definitely ups great head quite a bit. Okay, let's move on from that because I don't want to. At least say I pay anything. some
1: bills, honey.
0: Okay. <laughs> I don't want to say anything, but yeah, I mean, my gosh, that was like going from a pinto to a Lamborghini. Um, okay, so. <laughs> I know. All right. So, um so when so you guys start dating and you tell him you want to be exclusive, when did you get to that point where it became exclusive?
1: Oh, shit. Now this is the real tea. So hopefully I don't get anything from this, but because I like you. Um so we matched on tinder then of like in like December of 2015 and I was like oh shit he did break up with the boyfriend okay so now I can go on a date with him and we went on a date and I was I called my mom you know I was like this is not going to go well I'll call you back an hour and a half like because I was expecting the worst I was, I was expecting
0: the friend that why I why why did you think it was going to go because he's a little bit he gives even though he's not really arrogant he gives off that air a little bit so is that oh, he's what it arrogant, was? Trust me. And Okay, he's okay. Proud of like, it. I, okay, he's arrogant, but then he also breaks down in tears when he looks in your eyes. So that's well, not arrogant. That's not arrogant to me. There's a good balance but, there. He's he's a good soul. Okay, so I didn't know here.
1: any of that at the time.
0: <laughs> okay, so you call your mom. I don't know how this is gonna go. You go on the date with him, and what happens?
1: So I was expecting him to be late, and I was just like, oh, fuck. And then I get there, he's already sitting at the table, he's dressed, you know, so dapper, he's in his, you know, Tom Ford suit, just just a gentleman, and I'm like, damn, all right, so sit down thinking it's going to be all about him, and he's going to be, you know, just the person I've met, the person I know. And all I can say is it wasn't. I tell the story a lot to his, his mom always asked me every time we do our lunch dates together. And I'm like, no, he was very, he was a gentleman. He was courteous. He was romantic. Every time he wanted to get from the table, he asked me if it was okay. And I'm like, damn, like this guy, I, to everyone's point of he's not from this era because I was thinking yeah. seven years because I wasn't playing with anybody in, in LA. I was just like, you know, everyone just wants to fuck and that's fine. I wanted to as well. You know, but yeah. I really I really wanted romance and he he was it. And that kinda I thought it was gonna be an hour and a half. Our date started at seven thirty and it ended at five thirty AM.
0: Wow, 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 wow. And he is extremely romantic and there's just a plethora of things out there that he's done for you and we'll get into that in a second. But what was it meeting? You mentioned his mom and when you do your lunch dates and stuff. How was it? His family just (laughs) seems, like, amazing, so amazing. How was it getting to know his family?
1: Uh, Beautiful. I mean, when I say, like, I'm blessed, I'm getting chills talking to you right now because I don't talk about them. Nobody asks me these questions, so I don't get it. But I remember being petrified to ever meet them because I'm like, oh, my God, if he's like this, then his family must be worse you know like meaning like thinking about like materialistic things and at the time my parents
0: <laughs> at the time my parents
1: were passing you know they were so on wait,
0: the way out. i have to say that isn't that so like people think that when people are fluent or wealthy that they are like sub like they're not human and they are they're just like everyone else it's just that they are wealthy and I feel like that needs to be said because well yeah I no need... it's,
1: it's so true but it's also like I had my own experience with wealthy people and I love your definition of wealthy by the way because it's true and you know they were very down to earth but the images that I was seeing yeah, the image yeah. that was portrayed well, not by the all family of them,
0: and not all of them are down to earth it's just like it's just like prejudice right it's just like saying there's you know, black people and white people, well, there's trashy black people and there's trashy white people and every other color on the planet as well. And so we just have to take everybody at face value. So there's yeah. wealthy people there that are exist total, for a reason. totally there. Yeah. There's wealthy people that are total assholes and there's wealthy yep. people that's, but they're human and they're just like us and they've just either worked really hard or I think it has a lot to do with their mindset as well. And then if they were born into it and their trust fund babies, then it was somebody's mindset and their lineage and their generation, uh, generations down before them. And so, you know, we have to give credit where credit is due because wealth doesn't just happen. And once you gain, and once you gain success, maintaining success is a, it's it's harder getting it is one thing maintaining it is a whole other situation so we have to have a lot of respect for that okay so you meet his parents it goes well and you love them obviously and they love you now which is terrific his grandmother his grandmother that was so he was so close to did you get an opportunity to meet her before she passed
1: no i never got to meet edith but i've you know, I read okay. the book early on. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, and a lot of people don't know about his other side. So he comes from great, gener- you know, great parents on both sides. Where his mother's uh, father, Herman Platt, like he started Platt Music Group, which people should Google that because it was like it was the first ever Best Buy, I guess you can say. you know, like what what they did was
0: Herman the hustler that built the empire, or no. was there money so, before so- him?
1: So Herman Platt um was married to his grandmother Margie who's still alive, she'll be 98 in December. And I never I've met Margie, but I yeah. have I couldn't meet uh Herman, he passed I think uh I think 10 years ago, maybe 8 years ago something like that. Um but, you know, I his mom and I talk about him a lot and he was just a really sweet guy and what I mean is like they built they built a legacy and they built, you know, Whatever we want to call it, like a, an empire, yeah. whatever, we, however we characterize that today, they right. built it and they maintained it. So Edith, um, everyone knows her story because it's been publicized so much, you know, yeah. from Josh and, and the family. And I never got to meet her, but that's also, it's another accomplishment. So Edith you
0: know? is his father's mother, is that correct? Correct.
1: Yeah, correct. Got you. And you know, she grew up in a wealthy family as well. When she was where she grew up was actually she was a wealthy child.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So you guys come from totally different backgrounds. (laughs) You have totally different personalities, but you complement each other so well. So let's talk about that. The chemistry that you guys have is undeniable. You could see it on screen, on television. But also, like he has like he is a great husband, he has done very romantic things. So for the listeners that haven't seen the proposal on million dollar listing, go ahead and tell the listeners about the proposal in in Paris, right? It was in Paris?
1: Yes, oh my God, you're gonna have to give me two minutes for this because this is like insane. So uh-huh. the backstory of Paris is I used to live in London when I was twenty three I could have gone to Paris any day of the week, but I didn't go. I said, I would never go to Paris until I was in love. I told Josh that when we met, He's like, you've never been to Paris. I don't get it. I'm like, no, not until I'm in love. So, okay. Fast forward to um, he, and he says, let's go to Europe this summer. I'm like, great. I'd love to go to Europe with you. And uh, Europe was our second, our Europe, (laughs) Paris was our second stop. And, you know, my husband is, great but he's not somebody who's on time he's not somebody who cares about uh wearing a certain outfit or anything like that he's not a planner <laughs> uh, okay. but for this point you know um his parents had joined us i'm like well that's interesting why are they here you know i love them but i was like why would they be on our first trip to europe yeah uh, and he's like everybody has to wear white and we're going to a mark jacobs fashion show in the morning well, I happen to know that Mark Jacobs' fashion show during Fashion Week was like two weeks prior. So I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. So uh, to cut the story short and everyone can watch it, I guess, if they would like to – yeah. We get there. It's on Bastille Day, which is like 4th of July for us Americans. And, you know, we're all dressed in white. And we, uh, the, the car picks us up to take us to the, we're staying at the Ritz because it just opened. And it takes us to the George Sank, which is very um, important for Josh. That's where him and his grandmother used to stay for many trips. And they greet us and they say the fashion show is going to start. Here's some champagne. They take us down. And as they take us down into the lobby area the dancers start. So everyone that was a guest started to dance to all my favorite songs, which flash mob.
0: Basically it was a flash mob.
1: I mean, to get a flash mob of like 60 dancers on Day (laughs) in Paris is like insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's insanity. He had the the help of like, if people watch the show, like Hillary, uh, who's his best friend and like business partner. Now she started as an assistant, but she's basically a business partner. Um, she helped him, like, plan all of that. And so it just starts happening, and I realize that as it's happening, I'm like, holy shit. Like, because we talked about who was going to propose first. I'm nah. like, it's happening. And every song, like, because I'm obsessed with Mariah Carey, every song Aww. is like Mariah Carey, and then a Bruno Mars is thrown in. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. And then he takes me down, and he proposes and uses my, my real name, Robert, <laughs> which was sweet at the time. But now I look at it, I'm like, oh, I hate that. Um, and yeah, and he asked me if I will marry him and it was just like, I was shaking when I said, yes.
0: yeah, it's a
1: fairy tale. I mean, I'd never been a parent.
0: That is a fairy tale. And then you went on to have an absolute beautiful wedding and now you guys have been married for nearly two years in September. It'll be two years. So now let's go to right now, what's happening right now. What does a day in the life of you and Josh look like now after nearly two years of marriage? How are, you know, how are you guys keeping it spicy things like that?
1: It really is. It's a work. It's a work. That's what people say. And they say, why should marriage be work? Well, you know why? Because it's the new age it's work. It's work because we're pulled in different directions. We have a very busy life. Uh, So a day in the life is waking up and, I'm always up early, 6 a.m. He sleeps in, and we do our own things. And how we keep it spicy is really, oh god, it's so bad. We have to like schedule sex. That's like,
0: how Oh no, that's horrible. That is horrible. There has to be some spontaneity in there, for real. Like, I mean, I we used to be guys... able to throw
1: it in. We used to. Well, be aren't able to... you going
0: to? Aren't you guys going on vacation to Europe, like for a month?
1: Soon. or two, yeah, coming we're... up. We usually leave the whole month of July, so we okay, go, I call so, it our family vacation. So yes, yes that, that's where we can decision. be spontaneous.
0: Yes, yes, have to, have to, absolutely. Because when you guys get into scheduling, it's just kind of, it just makes it kind of robotic. It's not. Right, I it's know, not as fun. Yeah, it's really not. And so, but. He is extremely like I mean, talk about relationship goals to everyone listening. Like there's stuff out there that he's left you notes in the refrigerator when you wake up, you know, I love you. And yeah. you know, he does really sweet stuff for you. Like tell us a little bit about that. He
1: he does and I do it as well, but people don't really see that part. It's it's when his romantic side comes out, it's genius. And Uh, We schedule sex now. I just want to clarify this because I get up early and I leave
0: (laughs) the house. You said that twice now and the second time I'm just like, like, well what, like, oh, the no. reason why we have
1: to is yeah. because i leave the house before he wakes up and then when right. i get home after work he doesn't get home sometimes like 10 or 11 o'clock at night so yeah. it's like are, you, are like are you nuts like, i it's so-
0: just the, it's the dr zoe and me i counsel people for a living and a lot of it is around love sex and relationships and you know and it's it's important that you have that kind of you know that's well, I gave him 90, after the after the
1: gym stuff. yesterday. I gave him a really good blowjob, if that counts. For anything.
0: Good, good. Okay, ding, ding, ding. Points for Bobby. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so life is going good. You're getting ready for this vacation and stuff. Let's. What's going on with the show right now? What is? Are you guys filming right oh, now? Oh, oh yeah.
1: We just started season 12. It's okay. amazing already. Um, I, we filmed some stuff together all already. Um, and then I was away and I know that they filmed some really real, like people need to tune into season 12 because what goes down in the first two episodes that I've been told it's going to be something they've never seen like on the season, like on the series.
0: Um,
1: it's going to be amazing. It's going to be hilarious. When does that
0: start? When does that launch off? Do you know when that premieres?
1: they haven't told us because last year we premiered or we premiered this year. Like I think it was in January. And um, so I think we started shooting in early May, which is like okay. not too long ago. So I, they say we're going to premiere this year, but you know, you never know what, um,
0: right, right. how that production works. But, and all that stuff. Yeah. Cause we shoot like 10,
1: 10, 10, months out of, out of the year. So I do Ooh. know that like, they have some good stuff in store and then we'll see what they follow. With us, you know, Josh and I are talking babies. My business is growing. It's booming. Like, I have stuff coming out. I have a website coming out. I have...
0: Yes, yes. We'll get into that in a second. But let's talk about real estate first. Real estate porn. Yes. I mean, Luxury Real Estate is always real estate porn. Have you seen my Instagram? If you just like scroll, there's like a whole, I just love Luxury Real Estate. It is, it is like, it's it's so sexy. So you guys focus on Luxury Real Estate, primarily in Beverly Hills. Um, and then like, For, like, my listeners that are international, because I have a lot of connections with international investors and things like that, like you and I have discussed, what is the market? I want it to come from you. What is the market like there right now?
1: If you have a great product, if you have a great home, if you have something that is worth it, it's selling. It's selling quick, and it's selling in multiples. It's happening right now to me today as we're talking, like I'm looking at my (laughs) laptop. I have something in multiples right now. Uh, yes, but we have some stuff off market, and we have some phenomenal, beautiful properties that have not been on the market in forty years. Okay, so wow, many decades, how many decades is that? Four. We're shopping yeah, them, yeah. Wow. And we're getting, we're getting some, some interest that it's going to even go over that. And these are from prestigious families. This is history. This is history mm-hmm. being sold right now. So yeah, ones, I'm
0: sure Josh the, loves that. And for everyone listening, please go on. Joshflaggg.com, Joshflaggg.com, and they have uh, listings right now from from two to three million average, up to fifteen million. I'm sure it goes even higher, but I'm talking about current listings right now. And then they also have lease opportunities for you guys. That, like, say you're not ready to purchase yet and you want to lease. You're moving to the area or you are like bi-postal like I'm planning on being and you know you want to lease something like that everything from there's even some as low I saw one as low as like you know 5 6000 a month but the average I would say is about 8000 to 80000 a month and some of the most luxurious properties to take your choice from definitely check it out but, yeah, okay, so market right now, and you're saying that the market is really good. If you have a good pro- product, then it's, they're selling quickly. So would you yeah. say it's a seller's market right now in Beverly Hills or a buyer's market or a little bit of both?
1: It's a little bit of both. So you have to have the great product for it to be a seller's market. I think the majority is a buyer's market because there isn't a lot of great inventory, and a lot of sellers are still overpricing their property. Yeah. Um, so we have kind of, you know, in the, you know, in the majority of the market, we've we've softened. We're we're staying there. Everybody is wishing for a crash or they can buy something. The crash is not going to happen. It's not it's not there. But you know, yeah. the market has shifted, so it's there. If you have a great product, if you have a great property, if you have something that is worth it. It's going to sell. It's and how
0: would someone, right so if they go to to the website, which is the main website, joshflag.com, and they go to the website, they can get in contact with you directly through the website or through your Instagram, which go ahead and give that out again.
1: Well, yeah, through Josh's website, they cannot. Not with okay. me, but they can, with my Instagram, they can reach me at bboydla.com, but they can search by my name, Bobby Boyd, and it will show up. And then my website is bobbyboydla.com, which is going to launch in about a month, which is a phenomenal website. It's not like any other real estate agent's website, yes,
0: um, and they can, I but they can love reach me that.
1: there now. They, we have like a coming soon, and okay. they can contact me and email me. My niche is this. Like I work with first-time buyers. I work with, I, you know, I'm selling right now, which, you know, for LA, for my husband is low. I'm selling a $6 million house right now but I also, I'm selling $500,000 condos. I'm doing four leases right now. So I love working with people that are just getting in the real estate game because that's what what motivates
0: me. And it's bobbyboydla.com. Is that your website that's coming soon? And there is a way for them to contact you right now. I wasn't sure if you guys were ready for that. That's why I've been kind of you know, telling everybody to go to Josh's website. but Oh no, Josh's is
1: great, too. That's my yes, husband. It's all in the same yes, family.
0: Of <laughs> exactly. And so, but bobbyboydla.com coming soon. Tell me a little bit more about that vision because you're not just doing real estate on that website. You're doing no. some other really interesting things as well. Tell, tell me about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I partnered with this company called Agent Image and, you know, they've done, they do phenomenal websites. And I know you and I talked about this a few weeks ago, as far as like how websites go, they they can charge a lot of money. Let's just say that. I don't want to give out their numbers, but they can charge a lot. But they're worth it. And for me, I was like – And by the
0: way, everyone, we do a phenomenal job at Catapult Enterprises. Dr. Zoe today is sponsored by Catapult Enterprises. And that's K-A-T-A-P-U-L-T-E-N-T, short for enterprises, dot com. We've been building websites since the MySpace days. <laughs> okay, oh my good. God. Remember, yeah, who was it, Thomas your first friend? <laughs> Ever. Yes, like forever, forever, forever. We've been building websites. I love branding and marketing. It's a major Me passion too. of mine. And I'm so pissed that we didn't meet before you hired this company. But I know it's a very reputable company. They do charge a lot, and it's going to be a phenomenal project. You are also going to incorporate a blog in this website as well, which some, what are some of the topics that are going to be on your blog, Bobby? Yeah.
1: So when I partnered with them, everybody that came to me before was want to do something standard. I'm like, I'm not standard. Like I'm, I'm not my husband. I'm not these other brokers. Yeah. And so it's three facets. Basically it's real estate porn since we're talking on the radio, mm-hmm.
0: um, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> then, mm-hmm. it's
1: Love it. then it's men's fashion. Yeah. Uh, and then the third facet is lifestyle. And for everyone
0: listening, have you seen this boy right here? Oh, lord! I mean, my goodness, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I didn't ask you what nationality you are, but I take it you're probably kind of a mix, like a lot of us. Like yes. I'm Greek and Italian, and la la la. What What are you? Do you know? I am a mix. I am
1: um, Italian irish and german basically it works and you know it
0: works right everyone's going to
1: send you a note like he has a huge forehead he's
0: ugly last bend oh my gosh will you stop you're gorgeous and when you were saying like i'm not like a chatting hat on and whatever the hell i was like (laughs) you're gorgeous you're a totally different vibe very I mean, gorgeous. You're gorgeous. You know you're gorgeous. Come on. Look look at you. I mean, you're gorgeous. And not only that, but what's even more wonderful is that you're real. You're a real person. You're multifaceted. Okay, back to this project. I want to talk Bobby Boyd la.com coming soon you can contact bobby about real estate through there right now you can go to his instagram right now and connect with him but what's going to be on this website which is so exciting is, is real estate men's fashion And then what else? You've got some other stuff going on on there. Yeah, so then it's like the lifestyle
1: and entertaining. And where that facet comes in is really like uh, to cut it kind of short because I know we're going long is basically entertaining like on a dime. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm just saying I throw a lot of parties. I throw a lot of parties for friends. That's what I love to do. It's how I show love. And there's ways you can do it. Like I want that college person in the dorm to really be like, oh, I'm going to make that picture of, you know, that cocktail that Bobby said because it's only going to cost me 15 bucks. Or yeah. decor ideas. I'm doing my travel blog with that. Like, I travel all around the world for, like, five months out of the year. I'm going to, like, show p- people, like, where you can go, like, when you're going there. New products for your home, like, organic products. It's mm, just, it's
0: nice. really all in-
1: for me, it's all-inclusive. I think when you sell real yes. estate and you love real estate, it's a lifestyle in general. And
0: yeah,
1: that encompasses absolutely. everything. Like, absolutely. show up in your great suit and pour the great cocktail and love your life.
0: Awesome. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to answer your questions with Bobby Boyd from Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles.
1: Dr. Zoe has been a successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, and the confidential coach to celebrities, leaders in business, religion, and sports for over a decade. Take advantage and submit your questions on love, sex, and relationships via the Dr. Zoe Today app, drzoetoday.com. Or simply hashtag Zoe on Twitter. Be sure to tune in every week to hear your questions answered by Dr. Zoe and her guests. Your connection for pop sexuality.
0: Okay, Bobby, are
1: you ready for some listeners'
0: questions? I'm ready. I'm here. All right, so Macy wrote in and she said, do you think you and Josh will adopt the kids?
1: Um, we would be lucky to adopt a kid, but I think that we have a different opportunity where we will mm. have biological children.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And is this something <laughs> that you guys are discussing now? Like, is it in the works? Are you open it to is, it? it is, is it something that you both want?
1: It is a Oprah free whole segment conversation right now in our life okay
0: we'll have to do a follow-up next question <laughs> okay so the next question is what is your idea of the perfect date from kimberly what's your idea of the perfect date
1: oh kimberly uh my idea of the perfect date is no cell phones um mm-hmm. it is candle it is our favorite food anybody's favorite food great wine and just being able to have like a good hour or two of connecting, whether it's watching a funny movie. I take Josh sometimes to like the arcade. Um, That's my idea of a perfect date. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I like to
1: really like get out of our element. For me, that's a perfect date.
0: I like that. Okay, Sebastian wrote in and said, how does the taste of theme you've experienced so far feel for you? How does that feel for you?
1: Um, well, I don't think there's been a taste of fame, there's definitely been people notice, notice me more now. And I just think everyone's been positive that comes up and I meet a lot of beautiful, funny people uh, as I travel. And I just, you know, I just, I guess I just feel lucky. I just feel lucky that people are supportive because I don't get that. As we know, like in person, people are nice, but behind, you know, our social media, I get a lot of hate. So the taste that I've received has been great in person.
0: Listen, guys, have you heard about who this guy's married to? Stop trolling him and getting, saying all the hateful stuff where, you know, there's that old money that might come after you, wink, wink. Hello. (laughs) We'll break the kneecap. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Oh, and trust me, that's what happened to my, never mind, we won't get into that. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Nathan wrote in and said, I live in Calabasas and I just got my real estate license. Do you have any advice?
1: Well, my advice would be, do you want to sell in Calabasas? Because it's a pretty, um, you know, that's a niche market. I would say my advice is to get with an agent uh, in the market that you want to work in. So if you want to work in Calabasas, look up like the top brokers in Calabasas and tell them you want to intern or assist and take whatever they say. Look at their resume, make sure that they're legit and then work for them because the knowledge that you're going to receive is going to be invaluable.
0: Okay. Lisa wrote in and said, who would be your dream client if you could sell a home to anyone in the world?
1: Oh my God. Well, my dream client, anybody in the world, I don't know if it would work out so great, would be Mariah Carey.
0: Okay, amazing, amazing. And then love her. And then Melanie, finally, this is going to be our last question of the night. Melanie wrote in and said, what are your three top favorite things about your husband, Josh?
1: Um, oh, my God. Well, there's so many. But uh, the, the first – that's coming to mind is his passion for life. I love that. It's very attractive. Um, his face, I think it's very beautiful. He has a beautiful face.
0: Yeah. He's gorgeous.
1: And the third would be, it's kind of connected to us, but I'm, I love the fact that he loves to eat junk food like I do and binge watch like Netflix. So I love that about him. Like I And
0: what about of... the fact that he called you Chicken Little? Where did that come from? Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea. And, like, fun fact, I think he's, like, used that on a couple boys, just FYI. Oh,
0: my gosh. No. No, no, yes. no, no. Yes. No, I think I'm... he has, but.
1: He gets away with it. I let let him get away with it.
0: You let him get away with it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. And one more time before you go, I want you to go ahead and give out your new website that's coming out and your Instagram, Bobby.
1: Yes, I hope to get more followers. Come on, guys. Get me to 30. So my Instagram is bboydla. So find that, Bobby Boyd. Search it. It's going to come up. And then my website is bobbyboydla.com and uh, awesome. come down. we're going to do
0: some fun yes, stuff yes 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 and to all my listeners tune in next time for real raw relevant info on business entertainment and relationships